0: Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the Arboreal Matt. Ni hao, David, and a special ni
1: hao to all our listeners in Singapore.
0: (laughs) Do you know if we've jumped up the charts? Are we uh, Uh, we cracking the top 50 yet? I don't know. We only got
1: that email. I think they were trying to entice us into paying a subscription. Ah... But if you can't celebrate being Singapore's eighty-fifth favorite TV and movie
0: podcast, then what can you celebrate? Well, exactly, exactly. Um, well then, um, I'm beating around the bush this week. Uh, that's oh, that was an unintended pun, but Ooh, no. <laughs> but um, yeah. This is one of those episodes where I'm not going to resent to um the preamble too much because. I have very little to say about In the Forest of the Night. <laughs> oh, well. well. Well, we can discuss that when we get there. We will. We will, absolutely. Um, so, so, I've
1: got a few things on the docket this morning. Absolutely.
0: Uh, what uh, do you want to start us off with?
1: Uh, Shall we time Lord Victorious?
0: Let us time Lord Victorious. Uh, I've actually I've done my homework this week. I've got a lot to run through. So, mm. I'll do the stuff that you won't have been exposed to. And then we can finish on Daleks! Perfect. So, um, where to begin? Um, final part of monstrous beauty, uh, the the Doctor Who magazine comic, wrap things up nicely. Um, I I could I could have quite happily had it be twice the length, um, ju- if only because it it's really made me realise how nostalgic I am for Christopher Eccleston at this point. Just having just a few scant comic pages with dialogue written in his voice has just made me really hanker for more Ninth Doctor stuff. So I'm really, really excited about the um, the upcoming Big Finish Ninth Doctor set. I mean, I was already going to be going in on that because how could you not? But this is re- it's, it's kind of really whetted my appetite for it, even though it's a completely different medium and a completely different creative team. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so that's been good. Uh, probably remains, maybe not my overall highlight, but certainly one of the highlights of Time Love Victorious for me okay. has been that comic. Um, then we've got the final of the Eighth Doctor trilogy of audio dramas. Um, and I'm blanking on the title. I should have written it down. Um, it's Is it The Enemy Within? Or is that the other one? I can't remember. Anyway, the, the pitch line that the writer was given for this one is basically uh, die hard on a Dalek sh- ship. Right, okay. Um, and it kind of delivers on that premise, I'll be honest. it's I think it's McGann's best performance of the three. He's clearly having so much fun in it. There's a particularly memorable scene. Uh, spoilers, skip ahead... T- 20 seconds if you don't want anything spoiled about this audio story but there's a wonderful scene where he's uh, like disabled the gravity in this laboratory with a dalek scientist and he's like waltzing around in <laughs> in low gravity <laughs> with a dalek and he's just appears to be having the time of his life and oh that was delightful um, yeah there's a there's a lot of good stuff in that one uh, I really have enjoyed it so yeah so that's that so uh and I finally caught up on the last two episodes of
1: Daleks. And what what did you think?
0: It's it's My opinion's kind of been consistent all the way through, really. And the bits that I have enjoyed have been the dialogue and the characterization of the Dalek Time Squad. <laughs> I like the sort of. Game of Thrones type power plays and 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 especially the Dalek strategist. Say what you like about the rest of it. Do you not admit at least, Matt, that the Dalek strategist is quite a fun character um, with his schemy schemes? Yeah, but like
1: every episode is the same. You've got to accept that. Every oh, episode, yeah, absolutely. Every episode is basically like, oh, we've got this plan, but we've betrayed you. And <laughs> e- even the final episode, there's like. Betrayal upon betrayal upon betrayal, yeah. and then it ends with like, "Oh, Daleks, you don't know how much trouble you're in because yet again <laughs> there's an unseen betrayal." It's just, yeah, it's just madness.
0: <laughs> and um, here's a uh, question. Okay, go on. What is the entity? Um, I don't know exactly, but I th- I'm pretty certain the entity is caused by the actions of the 10th doctor in one of the novels. Right. Um, so this is where, you know, the, the time of victorious is kind of like a patchwork, a bit like, a bit like sort of the Marvel cinematic universe or something. You, you know, you can enjoy one of the films on their own, but you're not necessarily really going to understand what the infinity stones are all about. Unless you watch the whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be honest, I'm I'm struggling with piecing together the overarching narrative of *Time Lord Victorious*. Partly because I haven't really had the brain space to give it a lot of thought beyond just consuming the the stories as they come out. Um, I'm quite looking forward to at some point, a few months from now, when I've, I'm I'm maybe a little less busy at work, kind of revisiting it all and. Maybe starting to spot the connections a little more, um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 for me, the, the standouts so far have really been the characters more than the, the story itself. It's it, it's Brian, the the Ood, it's uh, the Dalek, Time Squad. Those are the things that I think have been been kind of really interesting. That and of course, getting getting more Eighth Doctor, more Tenth Doctor. A uh, little bit of Ninth Doctor. Th- that's been quite fun. Um, so I have been enjoying the experience, but um, Daleks, sorry, Daleks is probably probably the weakest element overall so far. So fitting maybe that that's the thing that they put out for free. Yeah. Certainly I- I'd be feeling ripped off if I'd paid money for it. Mm. I'll put it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right, what else have I got on the docket today? Uh, Just as a follow-up from last week, uh, have you listened to any craft work this week?
0: I haven't, to be honest, no. I've mostly been listening to the new album from Gosterbirding Saga.
1: Okay, we don't need to dwell on that. Uh, (laughs) Have you had any fun this week? Uh,
0: Yes, when I was listening to the new album from Gosterbirding Saga.
1: (laughs) Excellent. If you tell me you ate that album for breakfast, then that's three out of three. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Sadly not, but you can probably guess what I did.
1: Little bit of toast, little bit of Marmite. You're not wrong. Uh, I had mince pies for my breakfast this morning. Oh, that
0: is a um, uh, that's a very festive, but also a very bold start to the day.
1: Yeah, very decadent, festive mm. treat in the Tucker I, household. I
0: mean, I, I I ended yesterday on a mince pie. Ah, uh,
1: uh, I, uh, I had my first one yesterday, and really, I, I'm that's proper, late in the game. I'm proper into I. I if you offered me a mince pie, I'd probably say no. But I like them when they're either like swimming in cream or custard.
0: Oh, you see, I'm not that fussy. I will take a mince pie any time, any place. See, I like the flavour, but they're a bit dry, aren't they? Nah, no, nah, not if you get a good one with you know with a nice. I, know, it, I Tesco if it's, it's filling sufficiently moist. Then I, I yeah. turned
1: my back on Morrison's this weekend yeah. and went to Tesco's.
0: Shocking. What, what prompted that?
1: Uh, basically, I've just been at my mum's, and she lives closer to a Tesco's. Like, the Morrisons that I go to is actually quite far out the way. I just go to <laughs> it because I like Morrisons.
0: Yeah. That's fair enough, yeah. Right, um, whilst,
1: whilst we're talking festivities... Yes, indeed. Um, and I, I might need to hand over to you in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday... Our secret Santa gift from the Married to Who podcast arrived. Did indeed, indeed, and yeah. we've—I've
0: divided the contents. Um, yeah, equal- I've not peeked. No, I've—I've I've, uh, I've got a box, and that, I just—I haven't so much as peeked inside.
1: I'll, I'll be totally honest. The majority of the contents were all wrapped inside, Uh-huh. so I've basically equally divided those. Yeah, but there were two things that weren't wrapped. One of them was very Doctor Who, and one of them wasn't. So I've taken the not very Doctor Who one and given you the very Doctor Who one. (laughs) So So I know one of the gifts that you have. Okay. Well, that's
0: all right. That's all right. um,
1: The reason I wanted to lean into that is because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing, basically so we can have a bit of time over Christmas, some shorter festive treat episodes.
0: We are indeed. Yes, we've got we've got. I think three planned bonus episodes, or loosely mm. planned. Um, but yeah, and we haven't ex- fully hit on what the, the release order of that is going to be. Um, but mm-hmm. just keep an eye on your podcast feed, and uh, every so often you'll get a little surprise from us.
1: Do you remember what our Christmas special was last year? Was
0: it Canine and
1: Company? It was Canine and Company. Yeah.
0: God, Do that re- feels like an. Eternity ago, doesn't
1: it? Do you remember the controversy of last Christmas? Not really. Um, It's all a bit of a blur. I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. Right, okay. Yeah. I see see what you did there. That that was a joke.
0: Mmm. Yeah, coincidentally, did you know that that is the uh, name of the Christmas special that we will be uh, hitting on very, very soon? Uh, Annoyingly, just a few weeks after Christmas, but...
1: uh... Oh, dear. Has it got George Michael in it? Oh, I can't spoil that for you. Oh, Oh, well. Uh, What else have I got written down on my information for today? Uh, Robot Wars was back yesterday.
0: Yeah, was it a repeat of the uh, celebrity... One they yeah, did a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I
1: caught that yesterday morning. I didn't realise they've changed the design of Matilda, and I don't like it.
0: Oh, with the pink flywheel.
1: Yeah, rather than yeah. did she have a
0: chainsaw at one point? She did at one point. It's it's yeah. sort of like it's um, kind of they've mixed and matched over the years. Um, I don't know, Matilda's still still the best. Yeah, no matter what she's uh, got going on at the back end. Um. Right, which yeah, leads I mean, us... I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you I'm glad you at least boosted the viewing figures for that a little bit. Maybe it'll convince the BBC <laughs> to uh, bring it back. I guess it's reassuring that they've even thought it was worth randomly throwing in a repeat just to pad out the schedule.
1: Yeah, well, what you says know? Christmas more than Robot Wars? Exactly. I would say World's Strongest Man. That's always on at Christmas, isn't it?
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? I have... Uh, I have a very complicated feelings about world's strongest man purely because because you um... once
1: tried out and failed
0: <laughs> no my old my old job um before before i started working for the nhs i worked for a company that amongst other things like printed t-shirts and stuff like that and we used to do all the competitors shirts
1: oh, wow. for
0: the world's strongest man so they, they, my, my handiwork would be on tv every year um but you'd always they would leave it right right until the last second and you'd get people like signing up and and we were like okay we need we need these 10 extra people in like uh two days from now and it's just like it, it you know it was uh it was a challenge uh, especially as they all have like ridiculously long Eastern European surnames <laughs> <laughs> that have to go on the back. Just like, how? I mean, I know they're large garments, but how am I meant to fit uh, this name on the back of a of a, of a vest? Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I, I have very—that's uh, a very specific relationship to have with that competition. I feel yeah. like. Um, anyway.
1: Uh, so the final thing I've got is. Yeah. This week is the final week of the Wheelie Big Quiz. It is indeed. It is. So, every week we're doing mm-hmm. a little short quiz just to raise a bit of money for the Teenage Cancer Trust in the run-up to Christmas. Yep. And because we're taking a little bit of time off over Christmas, um, this will be the final episode to feature the quiz, but donations are still accepted up until the 25th. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. So... Keep um, that in mind, everyone. So, I last week asked for listeners to submit questions, but then I always forget that we record a week in advance. So, actually, they've <laughs> only had 24 hours to submit <laughs> questions. So, David. Have we had any at all? It will come as no surprise that I mm-hmm. have written this week's questions myself. All right, then. <laughs> okay. So, following the same trend as the Trivial Pursuit, there's six questions I've followed the same subjects
0: okay, as great. the
1: game, okay, uh, but they are more specific to us and our relationship with Doctor Who. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Okay. So for this every is, question... This is,
0: really, this this is my best shot at getting a six out of six. It is, and I, th- I think you'll probably score quite highly this week. Oh, don't jinx me. Okay.
1: So each question's worth one pound if David scores six out of six... It's £10 for the week. Yep. Okay. Are you sitting comfortably, David? Are you ready to start? Oh, as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. So, question one, as always, comes from the topic Time Lords. hmm In one episode of our podcast, we decided to give ourselves Time Lord names. What were those names? Hmm.
0: I think I probably said something like The Archivist or The Librarian, something like that. That's kind of where I would lean. But that's just a guess for me. Um, oh. You would have said some kind of jokey one that I cannot now remember, so I'm going to say... I don't know. The Plumber or something. Something like that. I can't get... I won't get this one. Okay, mm. y- you christened
1: yourself The Poet. The Poet. Oh, yeah, that also works. And I christened mm. myself The Rad Dude. The Rad Dude. <laughs> yeah. Fair okay. enough. Okay, so question two is companions. Mm-hmm. David, name any of my pets. <laughs> Okay, you've recorded at my house. Oh, you have met all of my pets.
0: Many times. Uh, but I'm terrible at names. I'm terrible at names. And it's been a while since I've had a chance to say hello to any of them. It's been like best part of a year at this point. Uh, I might be getting confused with... Uh, someone else I know. Is your rabbit called... Bella. No. The rabbit's called Sky.
1: Sky Sky. sadly actually passed away last week.
0: Oh, I'm Um, so sorry to hear that. I didn't know.
1: You could have said Morse the dog. I could have. Morse passed away sadly this year. Mm. You could have said Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan, the dog. (laughs) Known as Leia to her friends. You could have said Ernie and Bert, the guinea pigs.
0: Ah, yes. Yeah. Kevin the hamster. Kevin, I I was trying to think of the hamster's name. I knew it was a name like, you know, in the... I was thinking like Steve, but I wasn't Uh,
1: confident. Or you could have gone for the simplest answer, The Fish. (laughs) Didn't bother naming The Fish. No, no. Right, question three is episodes and stories. Mm. David, what is the name of Matt's ill-fated attempt to launch a Robot Wars podcast?
0: Uh, I believe it was you bring the robots, we bring the wars,
1: there we go, one pound in the pot Yay. for this week, okay, so question four is years and dates, yep, each Sunday, David, I reach out to one of our listeners, Kimberly,
0: why. Uh, I think I've se- I don't know what the origin of this was, but I've definitely seen it pop up on, on my Twitter feed a couple of times. You check to see if she's put the bins out.
1: Correct. Sunday is Bin Day in Wales, <laughs> apparently. Okay. If ever you needed evidence that Wales is a backwards country, Sunday for Bin Day. Okay, I'm going to swap the final two questions because I think one of them deserves a little bit more time than the other. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask you cast, crew, and beyond. David. Right. The most liked tweet from our account was a suggestion from me for any actor to play Doctor Who. Which of my comedy heroes did I choose?
0: Hmm. Well, the thing is, i I've certainly... See, I saw one on my Twitter feed, but I don't know whether you, you threw out multiple ones and it, or whether I just go with the one that I saw. I'll just go with one that I saw. Uh, Rick Mail.
1: It was Rick Mail.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, apparently a popular choice
0: once it was put out there. Mm. Okay. I don't know. That, like, is, I know the Doctor is kind of a, you could say, chaotic good as a character, but is Rick Mayall too chaotic?
1: Yeah, that's why he'd be great.
0: <laughs> but yes, go on. Last, okay, last so final question comes
1: from Monsters. Now, this one is the only question that has had... Any input from outside agencies? Okay. Okay. So I reached out to Rob and Liam from the Cloister Bell podcast right. just to verify the answer for this question. Okay. Okay. So David, for the question from the monsters category, mm-hmm. yes or no? Can you milk a Dalek? <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, well, the Cloyster Bell lads would definitely know, because their, their knowledge of Classic Who far exceeds mine.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, the reason I didn't say our friends from the Cloyster Bell podcast is I'm not certain they consider us friends anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I've no doubt, because of just how wet and squishy they are, if you squeezed a Dalek, something would come out. Uh Whether or not that something could be classified as milk, it's hard to say. The other thing that gives me pause is, to the best of my knowledge, I mean, I don't know, are Daleks genderless? Or are they all male? Well, this
1: came up in conversation Mm. as to whether Davros is somewhat of a misogynist, because all Daleks appear to be male.
0: They present male, don't they? I mean, they've got phallic appendages, and they're all voiced by male... Um, voice actors. So... I'm going to say no, but I would love to be wrong. Um, So... There's sort
1: of wide spread opinion on this. Okay, Because if you go back to the episode Into the Dalek... Yes. uh, The Doctor says that Daleks need protein which they harvest from their victims and they have feeding yeah. tubes so mm-hmm. that doesn't say that they don't necessarily lactate it just says that they have ways around that yeah now when discussing this with the cloister bell podcast um they said that a non-carled dalek could be milked like the human
0: convert oh um yeah but have there been any female ones
1: no no nah. that's the thing yeah so the only cited example we could think of when we put our heads together of any form of female Dalek was from the Dalek Asylum, where you had Clara within the Dalek. Yeah. But then that was a Dalek that was led to believe it was Ka- Clara rather than actually being Clara, wasn't it?
0: Well, c- kind of. It, I mean, it was... Yeah, it, it basically, it wasn't as though you actually had... A, a, a woman just sort of like skittering around inside the Dalek casing. It was just yeah. the usual pile of of goop. Yeah. So, I think I think I, I feel like I, I don't know if, if uh, that you've got anything else up your sleeve, but I'm feeling confident in my answer of no at this point.
1: Yeah, we we did reach a conclusion that no, you no. could not milk. I mean, we also discussed whether you could milk uh, nemon. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we just went through all the monsters. It, it, was, it was a great <laughs> night.
0: Um, I mean, we know that you can definitely milk a Sontaran because um, Strax has a line in uh, A Good Man Goes to War that he's capable of producing vast amounts of lactic fluid. Do you know what? The TARDIS Wikia has its yep. own page
1: dedicated to milk and appearances <laughs> of milk in Doctor <laughs> Who.
0: And it, oh, that's delightful.
1: So it discusses when people drink milk. And when species declare they can produce milk and there's only, sorry, there's very little mention of Daleks. So we're going to safely assume you cannot milk Daleks.
0: Great. So four out of six. Four out of six. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I'm happy with that. So what I need to do now, because I haven't been keeping a tally, is actually going back and checking how many I've gotten wrong over the course of the quiz. Because that's the amount that I'm going to be donating Mm. um, uh, this week. Like our so our current total's project. pretty good. We've like when you include
1: gift aid donations, we're above three hundred pounds.
0: Ah, that's fantastic. So I'm... current
1: donations are two hundred and seventy eight pounds. Yeah. And then there's thirty five pounds worth of gift
0: aid. So we're do we've done done well this year. Absolutely. Yeah. So I uh, I thank you from the bottom of our hearts to everyone who has contributed uh in any way, shape or form. Uh, even if it's not financially, if you've been enjoying playing along, if you've contacted us, if you've sent us a message about it, um, it's been it's been one of my highlights of of uh, the last uh, of this year. To be honest, I've really enjoyed doing the Weenie Big Quiz, and I'm sure we'll do something else in that vein next year. Mm. So, uh, and thank I mean, the you... big worry
1: is what are we going to do next week? What are we're going to do to pad out the time?
0: I think we could maybe just have a shorter episode. Uh, I was actually going to have this discussion with you off pod, but I forgot. Um, It's a a two-part finale for the series. Do you want to do it all in one, or do you want to do it... um, There's a lot packed into it. So it would either be one one long episode or two shorter episodes.
1: Does does it work as one long episode or two short episodes? It it would work either way, to be honest.
0: I think we would have enough to talk about with just doing one. But if you wanted to just do it as one mega, uh, you know, one mega discussion, because as I say, it will be shorter otherwise, because we don't have the quiz to do. Yeah.
1: Um. I don't know. Part of me is thinking let's do it in two separate. But it might be the case that if I watch the first one and it's really good, I might not be able to help myself and watch the second.
0: I say we do it in one.
1: Right. I say we do it in one. One biggie? If you're happy to do it. Yeah, one biggie. Yeah. I mean we'll be off work for Christmas, so we'll have more time. Indeed. Um I'll try
0: to think. I don't think I have anything else to discuss. Excellent. So um shall we talk about in the forest of the night for um two minutes it, <laughs> and then call it a day.
1: I think I know before I ask, but if you were ranking yeah. this episode Where would um, you rank it?
0: It's a bad episode, isn't it, Matt?
1: See, on on our rating scale, where we have good episode, bad episode, good episode, some bad bits, bad episode, some good bits, or no emotional attachment. We have in the past rarely used a secret fifth option sixth option, sorry. Yeah. Which is I quite enjoyed this episode, but I couldn't tell you why.
0: Is that where you're going with this one? Yeah. I, I didn't have a wow. bad time with this at all. I, I'm I'm so pleased to hear that. Um, you know, uh,
1: uh, uh it's absolute worst. I would say it was okay, but I I like that it is so different. I'm sick yes. of, I'm sick yep. of just every week just being oh no there's a monster, oh no we've beaten it. With this it's like, you know, there's barely an alien in it. Mm-hmm. There's quite a lot of nice mystery. Yeah. Uh, it introduces one of my new favorite characters. Right.
0: Um we, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's valid, and to be honest, some people really do genuinely have started defending it. I think the overall fan reaction when it first came out was one of non, uh, ranging from sort of just nonplussed to actually quite annoyed with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, I admire the ambition of the idea and what part of the reason that i have such overall negative feelings towards this episode is because i think there is a kernel of a really wonderful idea in there and i think if it was executed differently i would probably adore this episode i the, the central concept of the world being taken over by a forest i think is really beautiful and and visually really nicely pulled off in this episode um the, the thing that uh, my, my overall analysis of it, if you like, is that it's an g- example of a writer being seduced by an idea and not wanting to let go of that idea, even though in order for it to work and to be an interesting story, all of your characters have to stop behaving like real people. Mm. And I think that's what that's my biggest criticism, or at least one, one of my two biggest criticisms, I've got another one which we'll get to in due course, um, w- which is just that Clara and Danny and the Doctor all behave in ways that don't ring true to their characters, for me. Mm-hmm. And the less said about the children, the better. Would- no- nobody really seems to react in a way that makes sense to me.
1: Would you say, having watched this episode this week... Yeah a rewatch has improved or worsened your opinion?
0: In all honesty, probably worsened. Because I, I went into this really wanting to find the good bits. Because I've said before, I'm not a fan of the overall levels of negativity within the Doctor Who fandom at times. Mm-hmm. I want this show to be one of the shows that concentrates on the bits that we can celebrate. Because at the end of the day, I love this show and I want to enjoy the show and share it with you and share it with our listeners and have a good time with it um so i wanted to go into this and be like let's find the things that i can praise here and i do have a few that i'm gonna praise but the flaws to me just kind of drown out the positives mm-hmm. there there are so many aspects that just run me up the wrong way that that like by halfway through, I just, I wasn't having a good time watching this episode. I just wasn't. And I can't, I, I, I wish there was more I could enjoy about it. I do. Because as I say, that initial idea, that cold open, I think is gorgeous and, 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 mm-hmm. and intriguing. And I, I just wanted it to give me more of that. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, shall we, we just kind of go through it and uh, see what else jumps out at us?
1: Okay, so In the Forest of the Night, episode 10 of season 8 from the 26th of October, 2014. First
0: episode written by Frank Cottrell Boyce. Is -hmm. that a name that rings any bells to you? Uh, I
1: don't think so. It's one that I semi-recognise.
0: I think he's um, probably... His bread and butter, I think, is as a a children's author, if memory serves. Mm -hmm. But the thing that, that I guarantee the most people globally will have ever seen that he has uh, a um, credit for uh, was that he was the writer in inverted commas of the uh, London 2012 opening ceremony
1: Ah, uh, right okay yeah. So was that with Danny Boyle?
0: Danny Boyle, yeah. So Danny Boyle was the, was the director, but um in terms of I can't remember much of the way of dialogue in it, but I think he worked very closely with Danny Boyle in kind of piecing it together and wasn't and it coming just up with mainly it.
1: like wasn't it just the spice girls going around on taxis? And then I some don't remember of Oasis that of the were singing.
0: The my the bit that that I always remember is uh, the NHS tribute. Mm.
1: Um,
0: partly because I thought that was actually kind of a a brave, you know, semi political thing to do in an Olympic ceremony, which is not always, you know, really the 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 the, the, the go to venue for politics, especially given the the context in which those were taking place. You know, with with conservative austerity. Um, government well and truly in in the in, underway at that point so that really stood out to me uh, and also the fact that in that seg- uh, segment uh, mike oldfield uh, features mm. wailing away on his lovely guitar so um yeah I, I that's the bit that always stood out to me as the bit that i really liked about that ceremony but anyway i just thought that was an interesting thing because that's that's quite a unique thing to have on your cv as a writer yeah
1: yeah um,
0: and I actually I think you can see some kind of common DNA in that this is an episode that is, despite it being a global situation, it's very focused on London. Yeah, you know it makes a extensive use of its London setting, in, in, in and gives it an otherworldly quality. Um, so yeah, uh, a, 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 an interesting point of comparison I think. But uh, anyway, yeah. So his first episode it won't be his last. He does okay. have another one coming up at some point. Yeah,
1: give so. him another bite of the cherry. Mm. Right. Shall we talk about the episode then? Let's do it. I always say, shall we talk about Doctor Who on our Doctor Who podcast? Well, <laughs> we're, only, we're only 30 minutes in.
0: Yeah. For, for, but by recent standards, that's that's pretty, uh, pretty speedy. We're
1: doing all right. We're doing yeah. okay. Right, so nature <laughs> it's pretty much how we open there's a girl running through the woods yes she sees the tardis yeah and knocks on the door saying she's lost so immediately we've got like a little bit of drama a little bit of tension mm-hmm. and i like that the doctor's so dismissive he just points away from the tardis and says it's probably that way he <laughs> just he just wants rid of this bothersome child
0: yeah are you are you getting used to like capaldi uh, and he's kind of like, it's a very surface level grump, See, isn't it? I,
1: I was thinking about this because if if we're almost, uh, if next week is like the finale, yeah, I, I I don't know whether I can say I've really enjoyed this series.
0: I, I think don't... well, that's a, that's a discussion we'll have to have at our series end wrap up. Yeah, I it's it, there's a lot to talk about there in terms of relative enjoyment level. Um, mm. it's a different experience, for yeah. sure. It's we'll a save that base. conversation. Yeah.
1: So the girl is being chased, but she then says Miss Oswald told her to find the doctor.
0: hmm
1: Okay, so we know at this point there's something going on. The doctor's worried by all the trees. They shouldn't yeah. be there. Yeah. And the doctor says, well, the TARDIS must be faulty. I was aiming for London, but I've landed in a forest. Yeah. But David, Ooh. London is the forest.
0: Yeah, that's ex- I mean, it's it's a good, it's a really good and effective opening scenario. Um, I, I, I and I remember what, last night I was watching it and I was just like, oh come on, no, this is good. I'm going to enjoy it this time. This it's a good idea. Um, though I will admit I was slightly annoyed by the the uh, sat nav gag of. The the TARDIS saying you have reached your destination, mm. you know. It's just like, oh come on, right. can we not uh, ch- can we not cheapen the TARDIS like ha- that?
1: Have you already clocked out of this episode at, at this point when you were watching it?
0: Uh, no, it was the first. It was the first strike against though that gag.
1: Right. I want you to tell me the exact moment where you think, no, this episode's over for me.
0: Uh, I I will do. I'll try and identify it. Okay, you. Cause for Okay, because we it, haven't yeah.
1: even written the. Reached the titles yet? <laughs>
0: no, yeah, that's we we yeah, We, we we're...
1: okay. <laughs> no. So, following the titles, we see Danny, Clara, and some of the kids from school, the gifted and talented group, mm-hmm. in a museum. They're on a school trip, and they're at the natural history museum.
0: Yeah, so this is the first t- uh, first of many, I think, teaching related questions that I have to ask you. Have you ever heard of a sleepover in a museum? As yeah. a is that a thing that that, yeah. that kids get to do now
1: we we get like correspondents inviting us to them. The only reason a lot of schools don't do them is they're really expensive.
0: Wow, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I thought that was some kind of just insane thing that Frank Cottrell Boyce had invented.
1: No, you can do that, and a lot of times we get a lot of information inviting us to go camp in zoos and stuff.
0: Ah that's so, interesting. You know, I would have loved to have done that as a kid. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I can say that's the thing. It wasn't like I couldn't see the appeal of it. But I was just like, surely that is a logistical nightmare. Who would actually do that? Um, but okay, that's good to know that 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 is a thing that does actually happen and, there. And
1: I I assume it's probably more common in areas like London. So, for example, like oh,
0: because they've got so many museums to choose from there. Yeah.
1: yeah, but when we do residentials at our school, because we're sort of in the countryside, we tend to do more like outdoor exploration types. Yeah. So do you I, do, I,
0: do, you, do you do um oh what's it Beamish?
1: Uh, yeah. I don't know. I. That tends to be more like a primary school venture because it's not on I GCSE so. History Syllabus. All right, yeah. Uh, uh, but speaking of syllabuses, why is Danny, a maths teacher, and Clara, an English teacher, leading a school trip to a science museum?
0: A natural history museum, isn't it? Natural history. Of, yeah. Um... That is a very, very good question.
1: Like... What what purpose does that serve?
0: I mean, I don't know. You, I definitely was aware in my school that it would often be the younger teachers tended to be the ones organising school trips. Um, and, and it, you know, ones that had, like, no educational value, where it was basically just a glorified holiday, like skiing trips and stuff yeah. like that. It was always kind of like... The the, the the bright young thing teachers who were doing that, and presumably they were generally shagging each other when they were on those trips. Well, um, ha-
1: having been on a number of residential school trips, David, I'm going to yeah. tell you that is not the case. <laughs> um, I think the best one I've done is we had a member of staff, like you've said, like quite young, active, and yeah. he booked a week's canoeing through France, Right. Um, and then the night before it was due to go, his wife went into labour with twins. So I stepped in oh because at the time I was unmarried, I was living at home. Yeah. So I basically turned up to work, quickly ran home, got my passport, packed a bag and went to France for a week. Wow. The only problem with that school trip was because he wasn't there and I was. Yeah. Uh, we had like T-shirts printed for the staff. So you stand out in a crowd so students uh-huh. can see you. He was not a large gentleman, and (laughs) I am not a small gentleman, so I had to wear a t shirt about four sizes too small.
0: (laughs) Uh, I would pay money for for photos of that.
1: I've done that one. I've been to Amsterdam on a residential. Yeah. uh, To go do Anne Frank's house, and, you know, we did uh, Arnhem, a bridge too far.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that. you see, and again, you're not a history teacher. No, no. So there you go. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility, I think. No, no. But, it's but ma- also... It's, it's mainly it's, to it is... do
1: with who has the fewest domestic commitments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, I think we're probably spending enough on that.
1: Yeah, so it's all trees outside. Mm-hmm. The world is covered with trees. It is. The whole world, is, even the oceans.
0: Is this where we get that sort of... that montage of uh, news report clips?
1: Yeah.
0: Which I I don't hate as a trope, but I'm not a big fan of the... the sort of spinning around the globe screen effect mm-hmm. thing. It, it's a little bit cheesy, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Clara calls the Doctor... And she does not know that the child is missing. And this is where we're told this young girl is called Maeve. Mm. Okay. So, Clara has neglected her safeguarding duty by not doing a head count.
0: Yes. And of all the ones to go missing, the one that has had, like, recent family trauma and is on medication. Yeah. That's... uh, That's... Mm...
1: See, that's, that's going to me, be a I, difficult
0: discussion with the head when she gets back, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I, I'd probably, in advance, have found a polite way not to allow that girl to go. I'd be yeah. like, "Oh, sorry, bus is full.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. You know, it, it's surprising that, that the mum even let her go on that trip. Yeah. Under the circumstances. We'll talk more about the mum later, I think.
1: Yeah. Right, so Danny asks Clara if she's contacted the school to mm-hmm. say, you know we're out with these kids and the world's gone mad but mm-hmm. he knows that she's been in contact with the doctor yeah okay so he begins to question clara about that um just to let her know that he's unhappy mhm um
0: and as as he we established later he, he's not unhappy that she's in contact with him she's uh, he's unhappy that she's lied about it
1: well yeah as we know clara's a real snake in the grass <laughs> She speaks with a forked
0: tongue.
1: Mm. Um, So Danny decides it's time to take a bit of initiative and starts to lead the children into London. And at this point, where we meet the children, I've written, where is Courtney Woods? But this seems to be a few months down the line, so maybe she's graduated and got her GCSEs.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think it's more just because it's it's a so-called gifted and talented group. But actually, no, because that's kind of like that. They they kind of row back on that a bit later, yeah. don't they? But yeah, I was thinking that as well. Like you've spent you've put a lot of effort into establishing one specific kid at this school, mm. and now you've got an episode that's really focused on the kids of that school, and you just don't include her. It feels odd, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Instead, we get that horrible ginger girl.
0: Mm, oh God, she she is irksome.
1: Did you know that's the girl who did the voice of Peppa Pig?
0: I did not, but that that tracks. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. We 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 are a Peppa free household, and I'm very happy to keep it that way uh, because uh, that is an annoying program. It like, is... I, that that pig is a horrible pig.
1: I, I've watched it with my niece when mm. she was younger, and each episode is at most about ten minutes. Yeah. But when you're watching it back to back to back to back to back and each episode is sandwiched with the Peppa Pig theme tune, it's like the sort of torture they should have used in Guantanamo Bay. Because every few minutes when you're hearing do 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 Peppa pig Do do Pepper Pig
0: and it's, then, it's awful, isn't it? Then when and you the think amount of... of fat shaming as well. Oh, in yeah. that show, I don't know
1: why Daddy Pig doesn't leave Mummy Pig.
0: Yeah, it's it's dreadful, isn't it? She's horrible. Uh, no, hey, Dougie, all the way.
1: Oh, have you seen Bluey? Bluey the dog. Oh,
0: yeah, I love Bluey. Yeah,
1: I'm a big fan of Bluey. Yeah, because it's got a nice message.
0: Yeah, about definitely. No, it's good stuff. The thing with good, Peppa Pig is well stuff.
1: In between all the horrible theme tunes and fat shaming, is. When you're like half asleep watching it with a toddler and mm. they keep talking and then they just randomly throw in a few snorts and grunts, It's <laughs> so horrible. Because it's like, what's for tea today, mum? And it's just,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not pleasant at all. Um, it's bafflingly popular.
1: If I gave you the choice of watching this episode or 45 minutes of Pepper Pig, which would you watch?
0: Oh, this episode every time. Okay. Absolutely. Um... Right. Okay, so where were we? Uh... So,
1: Clara's really curious about the forest. She knows this is some sort of doctor-type adventure. She wants to get him involved.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Makes Um, sense.
1: So, Danny is careful about all the children. Mm -hmm. And I think, is it at this point where the doctor joins the gang? Maybe, maybe not. But he's very, very curious about the trees. He works out they're real wood. Yes. And he says, you know, it's not a case of something taking on that form, you know. To a there's similar... no kind of like
0: alien element that he can detect. There's no, they're, they're not giving off like mechanical readings or. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Maeve says her mum will be worried about her. Yeah. And we see Maeve's mum is worried about her.
0: Mm hmm. Uh,
1: so this is where we introduce my new favourite Doctor Who character, Maeve's mum.
0: Ugh. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So we 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 were introduced with her ranting on the phone to someone whilst trying to find her keys.
1: Yeah.
0: Moaning about next door's hide. Is it hide ranges? I
1: yeah. Think? Yeah. She thinks the trees have grown into her garden yeah. as though that's yeah. like blocking natural light
0: and. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. And then. And then she gets on her bike.
1: What what did you make whilst we're talking about new characters? What did you make yeah. of the character of Bradley? So he's the Which boy who's afraid of the dark and has a nut allergy, and projects all his insecurities onto others by being an absolute dick.
0: Mm. I mean, not not a charming character. I think it's fair no. to say.
1: And why are you, why are the children in this episode so obsessed with taking selfies?
0: Because it was 2016, and that's what we thought kids liked then.
1: Yeah, it's just like, uh, oh, kids, wait there. I need to go talk to the doctor, and they're all like, oh, sir, please, can we take a selfie,
0: please? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't really, I wasn't really uh, in m- much contact with kids of that age back then, so I don't know if there is any truth to it. I certainly know the media got very into the idea of selfies around then.
1: Yeah, was it word of the year for one year?
0: Oh, I think it probably was. I hate, I hate that gimmick, that word of the year gimmick.
1: Really? Do you know what this year's yeah. word of the year is?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm presuming COVID nineteen.
1: Ah, uh, close. It's lockdown.
0: Uh pfft. hate it.
1: What would because it word always
0: just reminds year... me of the worst thing about the year, whatever that is. That's going to be the word. <laughs> what?
1: what would your word of 2020 be?
0: I mean, I don't know. That's a big thing to just suddenly ask me. Um, I don't think I've really, I haven't personally coined any new words. I don't think I've really encountered many. What would yours be?
1: Uh, I'd probably say Singapore. (laughs) That's been the finest thing to happen to me in 2020.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a proud achievement for sure. Um, Okay, so um, and it is yeah. very
1: 2016 because when they take the pictures, they're all awfully pixelated and horrible.
0: To
1: <laughs> so the point, I thought it's the sort of effect they use when you see through the Dalek eye stalk. Yeah. And I was like, "A mobile phone's evil."
0: <laughs>
1: and, I mean,
0: I mean, we did that back in uh, yeah, back in series two.
1: We've been there, done that. Yeah.
0: So I, I, I mean, I, we'll, we'll talk more about the mobiles later. D- I do have another observation about that. We'll get to it when we get to it.
1: So where am I up to? So the doctor works out that the trees have no rings. And they discussed this earlier in the museum, didn't
0: they? Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's that cross section of a large tree that had a big red ring at one point.
1: Yeah. So the doctor says that these are new trees. They have all grown overnight. Yeah. Okay. And he also works out that the trees are trying to communicate with him.
0: Yes. Or communi- or is it just communicate with each other or something? It's kind of vague, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So his question is, are the trees themselves attacking or are they clearing the air before an invasion? Are they purifying, mm. releasing loads of oxygen so there can be a big fire? Yeah. Because a, a central mistake this episode makes is that when one of the people later on uses a flamethrower they say that the the tree has absorbed all the oxygen and the flamethrower doesn't work so the trees are fireproof. But trees release oxygen, that's a key idea of photosynthesis.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're They're cleaning the air, they're taking the carbon dioxide and converting it to oxygen. Yeah,
1: if anything, that makes trees more flammable.
0: Yeah, but, it's uh, yeah. The, the, I mean, on a science level, this this episode is certainly one of the weaker efforts. Yeah. I think it's fair to say.
1: So, the Doctor invites everybody into the TARDIS. Yeah, the kids start messing about with it, which yeah. annoys him. And Danny finds some homework books on the TARDIS, so he works out that Clara has been on the TARDIS for some time. You know, to the point where if she's that comfortable leaving a marking there, she's effectively living there.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Okay. And when he looks into Maeve's homework book, she's drawn the sun attacking. Yeah. And then I thought, we've seen that as well, haven't we? Good old Rings of Akaten.
0: Yeah, we've seen not one but two Sentient Sun episodes, because there's also 42, don't forget.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, I, I just thought, have we seen that? Mm. So the Doctor wants to find Maeve, who's gone missing. Because, and I don't think this is a very appropriate phrase, she's tuned to a different channel.
0: Yes, okay, let's talk about it. This is my other big criticism of this episode. I think, rather unwittingly, or naively uh frank cultural Boyce has, has fallen into a trap that a lot of writers over the years have fallen into of basically presenting someone who is not neurotypical as though it is some kind of evidence of a superpower or a special gift or something like that yeah and the basic and one of the messages that you could effectively take away from that is um hey do, do you do you hear voices? Don't worry. Don't take your meds. It's probably aliens or some kind of magical forest nymphs talking to you, and you, you best listen to them. They might have an important message. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's that's not a. I mean, I don't think I don't think it was malicious. I don't think it was intended that way, but I think you've got to be really really careful if you are presenting characters who are not neurotypical that you don't do it in a way that cheapens mm. their condition or or turns it into something that it's not
1: so for example have you ever seen or read the Stephen King story Dreamcatcher
0: no I haven't I'm not I, uh, Stephen King's a bit of a blind spot for me to be honest it's not something that I've thought for a while I need to probably kind of get on board with his stuff, but I never really have.
1: And it's a few years since I've read that, so I might be yeah. slightly... I mean, the,
0: the novel, I think, is that, like, 80s or something like that? Yeah. A while so, ago at this long, point.
1: Long story short, there's some sort of mind-reading entity
0: yeah.
1: that can enter your brain and blah, 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 blah. And there's a character, I think he's called Beans. Yeah. Uh, just to go back to your favourite drink. Indeed. The entity can't take over because I think he's autistic or Asperger's. <sighs> so so his brain is organised differently oh. and this entity can't make sense of it. Mm. And then if you want an even worse example, I'm certain mm. I've discussed this on pod right at the very, very beginning. Uh, yeah. the, the last Predators film, uh, right. they work out that the Predators are assimilating... From different species to improve themselves and yeah. when they reach earth they want to assimilate this boy who has autism because his memory is better than other people's
0: oh fuck off
1: i i, I maintain yeah. the most recent predators film was i think it might have been last year yeah or 2018 it was the worst it's film i recent. saw that year it yeah. was it's awful
0: yeah. So, anyway, um, I'm 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 not kind of presenting this like uh, people who listen to this mostly have listened to other Doctor Who podcasts and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not advancing a new analysis of this episode here. A lot of other people have, have probably said it better than me, anyway. But I didn't want to let it go unaddressed. I wanted to be on the record as saying that I I I really do detest this this aspect of of, of the story. And as I say, I don't. I don't bear to thank Cottrell Boyce any ill will because I don't I just think it was it's one of those cases where he just didn't think about it enough. Mm. And it's very easily done as a writer. I'm sure I have written stuff over the years. Fortunately, I am incredibly unpublished, so you know, it's not it's not so much of an issue for me. Um I could not have a lower profile as a writer. But um I'm sure I've written stuff that has inadvertently um, you know. Advanced ideas that I, that I didn't mean it to, and, and and stuff like that. So it it's easily done. It's easy to get kind of not see the wood for the trees. To that's yet another uh, inadvertent <laughs> pun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is an unfortunate outcome of this episode that it does do that. Mm. So um, yeah.
1: So Danny then confronts Clara about all her lying. Yes. He says, you know, that when you bumped into the Doctor, you didn't even say hello. You just got straight back down to business. You clearly haven't missed each other because you haven't been apart from one another. Mm. Okay. Nelson's column falls over. It does, yeah. Just in case That's you fun. forgot we were in London.
0: Yeah. What, what do you think about... I mean, it's very obviously a dressed set. Hmm but i don't hate it in that i think it gives the episode a kind of otherworldly fairy tale quality my my
1: main criticism would be like i know piccadilly circus is like probably one of the most open areas in central london yeah but where are all the buildings in this story they seem yes, to walk yeah. for miles through open forest
0: yeah, and, yeah. You
1: know, if you're that close to Nelson's Column, there's
0: there like... should be buildings in the distance that are peeking through.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And... I think so. Yeah, I I I I a bit of I, I, I will let them go with it. I, a bit of dramatic, dramatic license. Like I say, I think the general strategy of let's get a, a big set, let's whack a load of trees in, and occasionally we'll. we'll throw in a red phone box or, uh, or, uh, one of, one of the lions from, uh, Piccadilly circus or whatever, mm. you know, I think that, 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 that's enough for me, but, and I do think it's quite, it's quite an effective visual, you know, I think it definitely going with very familiar London landmarks, I think is very helpful for, for kind of visually reminding the viewer of, of the, of the, the premise. Mm. Um,
1: See, I, I think and I know this would include like massive reformatting of the structure. Yeah. Perhaps if it were in a more urban area because mm. then it's a lot easier to get lost, it'd be a lot more claustrophobic.
0: Yeah. I think it could yeah. have added a bit
1: of tension.
0: Definitely. I, I think that's just ultimately not what, what the writer was 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 looking for with this story. Like I say, I think he was leaning on the kind of the poetic fairy tale quality of it. I mean, the, the, the title itself is a quotation from a Wordsworth poem.
1: I, I thought it was from that Billy Joel song. In no. the forest <laughs> of the night. I don't I know. I'm not familiar with it.
0: Sleep. No, it's, it's Tiger, Tiger burning bright. In the forest of the night. That Billy
1: yeah. Joel song, it's in the middle of the night as well.
0: All right. Okay. I
1: tried to do another joke. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing well on the old jokes. Right,
0: this to thing. be honest, it might have landed for the listeners. I am. I am completely unfamiliar with the with the Biddy Joel oeuvre, so um, yeah, it was never going to land with me. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It, so I think that's just the thing he want. He, he wanted to have that kind of evocative quality. I I don't think you're wrong though. I think uh, I think having a a greater sense of the tension between. The urban and the forest kind of all smushed together. It could have made for a more atmospheric, a, dar- a darker story potentially, a more tense story. Um, but I think, yeah, this wanted this to kind of lean heavy on, on, on the whimsical, magical quality of it.
1: So, Ruby, who is the little Pepper Pig girl, yeah. says that Danny should go save Clara. All the kids mm-hmm. are convinced that they're in love, even yeah. though they're trying to keep it a secret.
0: Yeah, and they uh, spent most of the episode arguing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Maeve's mum is looking for her, but Maeve's just having a little run around. Yeah. And she finds... Is this where
0: we see her doing her excellent arm acting?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I, I don't... Look, I'm not one for bashing kid actors just for the sake of it. You know, they it's... it's I, I blame the director, really, for not stepping in and, and, and kind of maybe... or maybe this was the best they were going to get out of her. But... The whole flippity-flip arm thing. It does it—it it, it very much just comes across like, I'm doing what I have been told to do right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It has that quality to it. It doesn't feel convincing at all.
1: So whilst running around, she bumps into a government task force. Uh, we mentioned these earlier. So they're trying to burn paths through the trees so supply yeah. lines can
0: open. Sure. Uh,
1: but the trees are fireproof.
0: Now, I have one big question about this. They they could have established that by starting like pretty much just because presumably to they they'd want to start quite near their headquarters or whatever. Give it a go, do some tests, and then roll out to the other key areas. No, but apparently no, no. they've just they have plonk themselves down right in the middle of London and just like okay, right then. Are we all set? Let's give this a try.
1: Everyone knows when you're building a path, you start in the middle and work outwards. That's what they did with the channel tunnel, and that's what they're doing here. Absolute insanity. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So the Doctor wants to know, why now? What are these trees up to? Yeah, Uh, it's a good question. He knows that there's a solar flare coming. Right, yeah. Uh, Whilst having a little strop and a walk around, Clara hears a wolf howling, and it turns out that London Zoo has obviously been overrun by the trees, so the wolves will have escaped.
0: Do they have wolves in London Zoo?
1: Well, I thought if they did, they'd be in such strong confinement that a tree mm. here and there... The tree would have had to have grown underneath the fence and pushed it out the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just uh, Wolves don't strike me as a typical zoo animal.
1: Um, well, again, I think, I, mean? I don't think they are because of, like, again, how dangerous they are and cunning. Yeah. So, you know, if yeah, there is and, a gap you know, in th- the fence, they'll animal. find You would it.
0: have to have a whole pack of them. Yeah. And they're like they're not exciting or exotic, really. They're just big scary dogs. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like having tigers or lions or something like that that are, you know, again big and fierce and you need to but, keep a few but at least have have a, have a bit of visual flair to them if you the, like. And
1: the thing is, I know that like lions and tigers are aggressive when feeding, but for mm-hmm. like 20 hours of the day they're just placid animals that lay about.
0: They're just Whereas about, yeah.
1: wolves, I imagine you have to be like consistently vigilant with them.
0: <sighs> Yeah yeah it's it's not but again this is an example I think of uh being seduced by the by the idea and kind of just bending reality to suit the idea you've got rather than allowing your idea to seep into the the the, the world in which it's supposedly taking place yeah. um, so so yeah
1: There is something chasing Maeve and it is the wolves that Clara's heard. Oh, and we
0: haven't even mentioned as well she's wearing a red coat with a hood. Yeah. So, you know, just really hit that one on the nose.
1: So, Clara and the doctor find her and when they do, the wolves run straight past her because they're being chased by a tiger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Except Danny blinds it with the torch that he'd previously confiscated from a student.
0: Indeed, From Chekhov's Bradley. torch. Yeah, would 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 you be would you generally not be allowed to bring a torch to a to a um, thing like that? Uh, it seems like a very, fairly innocuous thing to to yeah. have on a, a list of banned equipment.
1: Uh, I just think it's more the fact that the torch that they use seems to burn with the fire of a thousand
0: suns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it must be like a maglite or something, proper heavy duty.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they use it to blind the tiger, and it yeah. runs away. And yeah. Maeve is freaking out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she has a missing sister called Annabelle. Uh-huh. And when she is speaking almost in tongues, it's because she's communicating with the forest. Yeah. And she says she caused the forest.
0: Yeah, the doctor, like, sonics them so you can kind of see them visibly. They're like little fireflies or something, like, you know, forest spirits. Mm-hmm. It's very, very Studio Ghibli.
1: Yeah, but I like when the Doctor talks to them and there's the effect of Maeve's voice merging with the voice of the forest. and
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good effect when it's done well, and it's done reasonably well here. Um, but... So yeah.
1: the Doctor works out the solar flare that's coming is inevitable. And Clara says, well, it's not because we've seen the future. She just doesn't seem to learn her lessons, does she? She says that to <sighs> yeah. every problem.
0: Yeah, it's just like, I feel like at this point, that's, that's very much like the companion being his audience stand-in. So, like, if you're tuning in for the first time, hey guys, just to let you know, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. You know, it's like... As a companion, she has been traveling with the Doctor long enough that she should know, like, you've got your fixed points and you've got your all the stuff in between. Yeah. But anyway.
1: So then Clara behaves in a really weird way here. She tells everyone to get on the TARDIS and use it yeah. as a lifeboat. And when the Doctor says, yeah, okay, everyone on board, she's like, well, where are you going to take them? I'm not going to be the last of my species. Like, make your mind up. Yeah. And don't blame the doctor for your inability to make decisions.
0: Yeah, it's a whole whole weird thing. It's like she's basically she's using the children to manipulate the doctor into leaving by himself because she would rather all of humanity is wiped out, but the doctor survives. I think.
1: So he is my reading of that. She's like, "Oh, you can't save this planet, but you can go save others."
0: Yeah. You could do both, though. This
1: episode's a pretty... You know, it's a bit of a blot on his track record, isn't it? <laughs> if it's like, oh, I'm here to save the planet. Oh,
0: right, are you yeah. the guy that saved Earth? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my, my favourite planet that I've saved countless times before. Yeah. This time, I'm just I'm just going to let them just crack on. Just, uh, just perish if that's what needs to happen. Yeah, I don't know. It's very odd, that whole business. Um, yeah.
1: So the Doctor says this is his Earth too. Yeah. Uh, previously, he said he didn't care about Earth. So I don't know.
0: Like, oh, that's, that's bullshit from the Doctor. Like, at the end of the day, he, he, he's he been in exile on Earth for many years. He's He has closer to connections to Earth than Gallifrey at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we, We'll talk about it when we get to the end of the
0: series. Yeah, yeah we, will. we
1: will. Okay. So, the Doctor apologises and says that he couldn't help Maeve. But, and the TARDIS disappears, the Solar Flare approaches. Okay? Yeah. So, he refers to himself as Doctor Idiot, because this is where, <laughs> where he works out there's a flameproof forest. It's not just one tree that's flameproof;
0: It's a so, whole forest.
1: Yeah. He returns and tells them all to come back onto the TARDIS. And yeah. after Clara's been like, no, we're not doing that, she immediately gets back on.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. she'll do whatever the Doctor says.
1: And the Doctor tells the kids of a solar flare and what's going to happen. And I like this part because Clara yeah. hadn't told them. So yes. she's just like, uh, we just <laughs> wanted them to have a nice school trip.
0: And I do quite like the direction where there's, there's a lot of like, the camera's set at quite a low angle and the Doctor's doing his little lecture and he occasionally like lean forward, like right into the camera, like staring down and, and like, you know, Capaldi's slightly manic expressions. Um, yeah, for, for, I was. I will say for all of this script's faults, you cannot fault at, at the very least Capaldi. I also think Samuel Anderson, who plays Danny, I think he's doing doing a valiant effort with some quite poor material for his character. Um, I don't think it's a great episode for Jenna Coleman. I'll be honest. Uh, I
1: think it's not a great episode for Clara in particular no. because she's all. I over think the shop.
0: just. Yeah, exactly. She's just written so inconsistently in this one that it's like all of the good work we've been doing with Clara is kind of like it's sort of getting a bit muddled by this one. But yeah. So really most of my criticisms do lie with, with the script rather than the actors or, or the direction. But uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I quite like where he's he's explaining it all and just scaring the shit out of these kids.
1: So <laughs> He says, don't worry, there's a solar flare coming. The trees will save us. They'll be our shield.
0: Yeah. Except
1: yeah. the government is cutting down all the trees.
0: Oh, that pesky government. When yeah. will they learn? Yeah. <laughs>
1: so the Doctor wants to call everyone on Earth yeah. and tell them to leave the trees alone for a bit. And Maeve yeah. says she will hit do it. So all the students write a little script for Maeve. Uh-huh. Uh, to read. So it calls yeah. every telephone and I don't know whether it does radio and television as mm. well.
0: And it turns out that everyone's phones haven't been upgraded since about 2002 because they're all monophonic ringtones. Mm. Uh, <laughs> did you know, Did you notice that? They are all my... just like... <laughs> yeah. The... I
1: mean, I think we even mentioned this back when we reviewed Rose. Like yeah. Mobile phones are just totally misunderstood by the doctor who writers aren't
0: they quite often yeah yeah there's that you definitely get the sense that you know sometimes with this show it's it is predominantly being written by you know white middle class men in their 40s yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know we're slowly getting better with that but uh, there is a there is a certain grumpy old manness to it at times
1: So, Maeve's mum answers the phone. And in her little speech, Maeve tells her sister to come home.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. So, the world is saved. We see the Doctor dropping everyone off. Maeve reunites with her mum. Yeah. And Danny gives Clara permission to continue her adventures with the Doctor. Mm. Okay. Whereas she says, well, actually, I've got the greatest adventure right in front of me
0: and this is actually i think a really lovely little speech for danny
1: yeah
0: i do think it kind of it it it's not quite the missing piece of the puzzle but i it's certainly it's filling it's it's rounding him out more i think we we really are now understanding why he doesn't get it why he's not like because at least with 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 amy and rory Rory was there for amy undoubtedly like he could take or leave going on the 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 terrifying you know death um you know potentially deadly adventures but he he understood that it's something amy wanted and needed and he was happy to support her Mm. but whereas with, with with danny he just he fundamentally he doesn't get it he's had his fill what he wants now is security and love and To appreciate the small things in life.
1: He does say, I want to know the truth, but you should think about it before you tell me.
0: Yeah, again, it's kind of echoing what he said to her at the end of uh, Kill the Moon, Mm. where it's like, don't make a decision now, don't rush into it. Uh, For all Danny's faults, and he's not perfect, I think, you know, he has that wisdom that comes from experience.
1: Yeah, Did did you know Danny used to be a soldier?
0: Oh, uh, that had come up, actually, I think. He
1: rarely mentions it. Um, (laughs) So, finally then, the Doctor and Clara watch the solar flare from space. And I quite like where Capaldi just goes, wouldn't it be awkward if the world just ended, if we got this wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then, Missy is also watching. Yeah.
0: Ooh. And she says, oh. That's a thing, still.
1: Ooh, that was surprising.
0: Yeah. And then I, I, I won't, I won't, I don't want to spoil anything about Missy, but I will say that is the lamest Missy insert of the series. Yeah, it it feels the most tacked on to yeah, it me. It just doesn't
1: go anywhere
0: or do anything. No, it's just because like, at the end of the day, nobody dies in this episode, so they can't do the usual, you know, welcome to heaven shtick. Mm. Um, so
1: the final bookend of the episode, uh, all the trees vanish. And Maeve's going home with her mum, and
0: uh, yeah, her sister yeah, we... is a
1: bush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've just made some brief notes. Uh, um, yeah, I've just put Doctor equals Robin Hood, Moon yeah. equals Egg, Sister equals Bush? Question mark.
0: Yeah. Like, okay, so... there's
1: there's a couple of outcomes here. Yeah. Either her sister. Was an alien and was brought back by the forest? I
0: don't think so. I her don't think sister that's was
1: dead and was brought back by the forest?
0: I think that might have been it. Her sister was a bush and was brought back by the forest? Or was just hiding in a bush the whole time? Or, yeah, her sister had run
1: away from home and thought the best way to, <laughs> you know, breach the gaff when she got back was to hide in a bush.
0: <laughs> I mean... Who knows? The the, the the script certainly makes no effort to provide sufficient context for us to understand that moment. Like, um,
1: and it's so jarring, because if, if that was me, if I was Maeve's mum, yeah. I would probably ask something along the lines of, well, first of all, I'd say something like, oh, you're back, you know, and be really happy. Or be like, why are you in a bush? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or where have you been? But yeah. they all just smile at each other.
0: Yeah, there's just this really awkward sort of... It just happens for, like, just a beat too long, doesn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: And then... Done. End of episode. Yeah. diddle a so, yeah. <laughs> It's just like... Oh, bizarre, bizarre. So, I mean, like I say, I'm glad that you've enjoyed elements of this. and and, and I And I do say there is... There are aspects of this that are good and work. Like, Capaldi is... <laughs> I mean, you could give that man the worst script in the world and he's still going to give it every ounce of effort, you know, because he's a professional. Do you um, know what? Just
1: to annoy our listeners, I'm going to change my ranking and call it a good episode.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not, though, is it, Matt? It just, it fundamentally, really like it doesn't it. work. It's better than Midnight. It doesn't.
1: <laughs> Go on. Complain about that, you bunch of dorks.
0: <laughs> but, I mean there there's something there. there 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 is a there is a way in which you could have made this idea work i just don't think they managed it in this episode i do think it's notable for the fact that it's is this the first episode we've seen where basically the doctor doesn't need to do anything yeah like the doctor like could if the doctor hadn't turned did. up basically exactly the same things would have happened yeah absolutely with the same outcome um, so that's that's interesting when you think about it. Um, not necessarily good, but, but it, you know, it at least gives it a point of uh, of difference from from other episodes. Um, it, and it's you know, I technically, I mean, are the forest spirits even like aliens? Is it just the forest? that? To me, was very kind of yeah, ill defined as I well. Know. Is, so is this... Could we say this is an episode with no alien element? P- possibly. Probably. I know, like,
1: what if, instead of, like, little butterflies, like, friendly butterflies, what if yeah. when the Doctor changed that frequency, it was, like, some horrible, rotting, decrepit corpse monster? <laughs> and it was just like, I'm here to save Earth! Yeah. But it was yeah. just horrifying. I, yeah.
0: You know... I think you kind of wanted to have it taken easy because there's mentions in the script of like, you know, the forest being a dark, scary place. It's, you know, the setting of scary fairy tales and things like that. But the only way that this writer found to make the forest seem scary was to throw some scary animals in it. Yeah. You know, just incongruously have wolves and tigers in it. Um, there is much more to be scared about with a forest than just... The possibility of wolves and or tigers um you know you never had moments of people like tripping over roots and stumbling or you know vines tangling them or it didn't really it, you know it felt like they they wanted the, the the they wanted to emphasize the magical beautiful nature of the forest and then also somehow make it scary Without detracting from that, and it's just a bit kind of have your cake and eat it. I, I, I don't know. I, have you, I wish I wish I had more positive stuff to say about. Again,
1: I think we've talked about this on Pod. Have you ever seen the film The Happening, the M Night Shyamalan film where all the trees are evil and make people no, kill I themselves? Yeah, yeah. Sounds I don't fun. know. I just don't think I really buy trees as a threat.
0: I think you've got, you've got to, there are ways to do it, but you've got to really know what you're doing to make yeah. that work.
1: If it's like Treebeard, Mighty end, yeah. that'd be good.
0: Yeah. But uh, hey-ho, we had what we had. Um, next week, um, next week is Christmas week. So, um, like I say, keep an eye on your feed. You'll get uh, a few interesting nuggets, or hopefully interesting nuggets, over the course of that. Um
1: Will it be the and new year before we move on to a like new Doctor Who story?
0: I can't remember now. I'll have to check the schedule. I'll, I'll mention it in one of the bonus episodes. What we got uh, when when uh, uh, we're going to eventually tackle the series eight finale? Because uh, yeah, that's what we got coming up next. Uh, our our, our ma- next main episode will be our discussion of Dark Water and Death in Heaven. Yeah. So do join us for that. Uh, but until then. Thank you very much for listening. And cheerio. Have a lovely Christmas, everyone. Indeed. I say that. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space.
1: If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod.
0: And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.